in a small shtetl in Poland many years ago lived a Jew named Avraham. He was not wealthy. He owned only a small clothing store. He could not compete with the larger stores in town, which offered better collections of woolens and cottons, better selection and better prices. But when it came to giving tzedakah, or hospitality, to a traveling Jew passing through town, there was no one who could compete with Avraham. If it was a collector for a yeshiva, or a beggar going door to door looking for tzedakah, Avraham's wife could always get a good meal together for the hungry, and Avraham was always ready to give away the last zloti in the cash box. It was not a leftover meal or an extra zloti that they gave away. They often went without themselves to help others. But nobody knew that Avraham and his good wife were making such sacrifices. One day Avraham had an unexpected visitor. It was his own Rebbe who had come to town to honor Avraham with his visit, though there were many richer men who would have been eager to host the Rebbe. The Rebbe, who lived in a town some distance away, was a real tzaddik, and many Jews would travel a long distance to visit him in order to listen to his words of wisdom or receive a bracha or a tefillah from him in times of need. The Rebbe was impressed with the warm hospitality and attention which Avraham showed to the Rebbe. The Rebbe also did not fail to notice that Avraham went far beyond the bare minimum in the mitzvah of Hachnosas Orchem and Tzedakah. So, before leaving, the Rebbe benched Avraham to be able to practice these mitzvahs with ample parnasa in comfort and wealth. Soon after the Rebbe left, Avraham noticed a change in his business affairs, a change for the better. Was it because the Rebbe's visit to his house had made the local community look up to Avraham with more respect? Or did they discover that in Avraham's store they could get a better deal? Be that as it may, customers came into Avraham's store more frequently and nobody left empty-handed. Every day brought him better business. He was now able to increase his stock and offer the best selections at the best prices. Before long, Avraham was a wholesaler as well and one of the largest cloth merchants from many miles and towns around. Wealth can be as much a test as lack of wealth, Loyalenu, but Avraham did not realize this. Somehow, without noticing it, he began to find less and less time for davening and learning. He was so busy expanding his business that he no longer found time to give personal attention to travelers and yeshiva collectors. He had bookkeepers and clerks to take care of his donations. While he himself was busy in his office, he could be seen by special appointment only. Avraham now lived in a beautifully furnished new home with many servants. Beggars were no longer admitted by the servants so that they shouldn't 
make the rugs on the floor dirty. They could still get a handsome donation, but the friendliness and the warmth was gone from Avraham's house. People began to notice and say to each other, Avraham has changed. His riches have turned his head and hardened his heart. What a pity. He used to be such a friendly, kindly man, and now look what those riches have done for him. One day, Avraham's personal secretary informed him that a rabbi wanted to see him. The secretary explained that he had tried to send the rabbi away with a sizable donation, but the rabbi insisted on seeing Avraham personally. So Avraham told his secretary to let the rabbi come in. Avraham greeted the rabbi politely, and when the rabbi told him that he had been sent by the Rebbe, Avraham's face lit up. I have not forgotten the Rebbe's visit to my house, said Avraham. Ever since then, my mazal has taken a good turn, and Baruch Hashem, I've done very well, as you can see. In that case, said the visitor, you now have a chance to do something to please the Rebbe. There's a special case of Pidyon Shavuyim to ransom a Jew who had been imprisoned on false charges. Avraham took out a substantial sum of money and gave it to the visitor to give to the Rebbe. Previously, Avraham would have invited his visitor to his house, would have shared a meal with him, would have also accompanied him to other members of the community to raise more money, but now he was too busy. He apologized to the visitor as he saw him to the door. Give regards to the Rebbe, please, said Avraham as he shook hands. So the shaliach returned to the Rebbe. The Rebbe questioned him closely about Avraham and his way of life, and it saddened him to think that Avraham had changed. Is it possible that my bracha could have been the indirect cause of this change? wondered the Rebbe. I must put it right again. I must visit Avraham. This time, the Rebbe stopped at the local Kretschma and sent his gabai to Avram's house to find out when he could be visited. It was still early in the morning for Avraham. A servant who opened the door told the Rebbe's gabai that the master was just getting up. So the gabai took a walk, returned a little later, only to be told that the master was drinking coffee. When he returned a third time, he was told that the master was too busy and the messenger should come back again in the afternoon. When the Gabbai brought this message back to the Rebbe, the Rebbe said, Oy vey, we must go to Avraham at once. When they came to the door of Avraham's mansion, the Gabbai let the servant know who wished to see the master. It was the Rebbe. A minute later, Avraham himself rushed to the door to welcome the Rebbe with joy and respect. What an honor, said Avraham. What a pleasure. Welcome, Rebbe. Welcome. Beruchim haboyim. Please come in. The Rebbe entered the spacious living room and began to walk around. His eyes wandered with interest from one piece of furniture to the other. Avraham was so pleased, he mentioned the Rebbe's visit to his humble home before. It's quite a change from before, Rebbe, isn't it? said Avraham. Quite a change, agreed the Rebbe. The Rebbe walked to the window and looked out. 
Avraham, come here a minute, said the Rebbe. Avraham walked to the Rebbe. Look at that man out there, said the Rebbe. Who is that man walking? That's Yankel the tailor, said Avraham. A very frum Jew never misses going to the base medrash every morning. Unfortunately, Nebuch, he does not have very much money. And that woman carrying an empty basket, asked the Rebbe, who is that? Oh, that's a poor widow. She's going to the market hoping to earn something. She unfortunately often returns home with an empty basket. The poor woman. She has a house full of orphans that she cares for as well. And that man over there, asked the Rebbe, oh, that's Bencha. He's the water carrier. He's getting old, poor man. I'm afraid he, he won't be able to carry water much longer, and then how will he earn a living? Avraham began to wonder why the Rebbe had become so interested in the people passing by his window. The Rebbe turned from the window and walked around the living room again, stopping at a large mirror that covered the wall over the fireplace. Avraham, stand here in front of the mirror. Look into it. Whom do you see? Why, I see myself, of course, said Avraham. Aha, uh-huh, said the Rebbe. Tell me, Avraham, what is the mirror made of? It's made of glass, Rebbe. I see. And the window pane, Avraham, what is it made of? It's also made of glass, Rebbe, naturally. Isn't it strange, Avraham? asked the Rebbe. The mirror is made of glass. The window is also made of glass. So why is it that when you look out of the window, you see other people, but when you look into the mirror, you see only yourself? Why, it's quite simple, Rebbe. The window pane is clear through and through. It's transparent. A mirror is coated with silver on the back side. It darkens that side so the light can't get through. It bounces back. That's why I can see only myself in it and nothing beyond the glass. I see, said the Rebbe. So the same piece of glass, if it's not coated with silver, is clear through and through. But if coated with silver, it becomes dark on one side and you see only yourself. Isn't that extraordinary? But I suppose it's possible to scrape off the silver then you can again see through it. Isn't that true, my friend? Yes, Rebbe, said Avraham. Suddenly, he realized what the Rebbe was saying. A human is like a piece of glass. We're made of sand, after all. It became clear to Avraham that before he was coated with silver, before he was wealthy, he could see everybody else and could take care of them. But now that he had become rich, he could only see himself. He felt a deep sense of shame and remorse. He turned to the Rebbe. Oi, Rebbe, I've been so foolish. I've been so wicked. I have failed the test of Ashirus of wealth. Oi, Rebbe, is there any hope for me? Help me, Rebbe, please. That's precisely why I'm here, Avraham, said the Rebbe. I did not want to believe that you could have changed so much until I saw it with my own eyes. Gold and silver are indeed a great temptation, and if one is not careful, it 
and turn even your heart into stone. I hope it will not be necessary to scrape off the silver to take away your wealth, but you have to return to your good old way of tzedakah and hachnosas orchim with warmth and with love, more generously in accordance with your ability. Yes, Rebbe, I will. That same evening, there was a big seuda at Avraham's house to which everyone was invited, especially the poor. Avraham stood up and begged everybody's forgiveness for the way he had treated them since he had become wealthy. From now on, he promised his house and, more importantly, his heart would be open to all who needed help. Late that night, after everyone was gone, Avraham took a knife, went up to the mirror, and in a corner of the mirror, he scraped off the silver so that it would always be a reminder to him to not only see himself. And when people would ask him, why is the corner of that expensive mirror not working properly? Why is the silver scraped off? Avraham would answer simply and sincerely the lesson that the mirror had taught him.